0: Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com This week we begin the third book of the five book of, books of Moses, the book of Vaikra, and we begin with Parashah Vaikra. Vayikra is a book that is very enigmatic, it's a very troublesome book in the sense that it's very hard to understand. It deals with the sacrifices that were made in the temple, in the Mishkan, in the sanctuary, in the desert and later on in the two holy temples. And it's the book of the Torah that is the hardest to learn and the hardest to be able to enjoy, let's say it. It's not a very enjoyable book, but in it, it's contained a lot of the secrets of our life, of our existence. When we take it to a deeper level, then we can understand, we can really come to understand what a sacrifice means, what it means to bring a korban to Hashem and what it really is the whole purpose of it so the word korban, which means, means in parentheses because there's not a, a, a viable explanation to this word in uh, secular terms the way that we understand the word korban would mean sacrifice and that they would bring the sacrifices or the offerings to the temple but in reality this this is not what korban really means it really doesn't make uh, it doesn't make the sense of what the word really is all about uh, when you do a sacrifice when you make a sacrifice you're you're uh, taking away from yourself to be able to to do something for somebody and uh an offering would be seen as a gift. So when the Jewish people used to bring the korban to the temple, there were different types of korban, different types of sacrifices that they brought to the temple. In reality, this is not what it meant. It didn't mean that the Jew was giving something of himself to be able to, to appease Hashem or or, or, or he was bringing a gift to God. In reality, the word korban can be understood when we ana- analyze it through its word, through its uh, root, from its root, which is karov, and karov means to approach, to be near, to go near someone, and to come uh, to a close relationship with with somebody. In this case. The, 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 the reason why we're doing a korban is to have a relationship with Hashem, is to draw ourselves closer to Hashem. And the, and the object and purpose of hakrava, which means um, <clears throat> the closeness, the nearness that is achieved by bringing a sacrifice, a korban to the temple, uh, the, the, is to attain the higher sphere of life and a higher relationship with our Creator. And, and the person that brought the Korban, what he does is that he desires that uh, that something of himself should come into a closer relationship with Hashem, and, 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 and this is the whole purpose of the Korban. So we see that this parasha, Baikra, uh, it's explicit in all these laws of the korban. If you did a sin, then this is the sin offering. If you had gratitude, this is the gratitude offering. There were different types of of, of offerings, the peace offering, that were held in the times of the temple, and uh, the book of of of, of vaikra is the, is is the central book of the Torah, which explains all this uh, these, uh, relationship with Hashem. So we learn from our sages that the Torah is eternal. We think we're learning something that is so old age. Back then, this is what people did. They were barbaric. Nowadays, we don't do these things. But in reality, the, la- the laws and the stories that are contained in the Torah are relevant to us even in our days, even if we don't have a, a Beit Hamikdash, and even if we are in Galut, in the diaspora, in exile. So, the command, they shall make me a sanctuary, when Hashem says, they shall make me a sanctuary so I can dwell in them, required the Jews to construct a Beit Hamikdash, uh, or a Mishkan, and it had a specific a specific goal, it has a, a purpose, it had a, a purpose, and the purpose was that Hashem wanted a dwelling place in the, ro- in the lower realms. He wanted to be able to dwell within us. Moreover, the verse does not use the singular word within. He doesn't want to dwell in it. He wants to dwell in us, which would imply that the, the dwelling, the indwelling would be of a physical nature. And in reality, when God wants to dwell inside of every person, inside of every Jew. So therefore, even when the physical Beit HaMikdash is not, um, is, has been destroyed, and it's not part of our daily life today, for thousands of years we have no connection to it, we really can't even understand what that that edifice really meant. Um, we ourselves are a microcosm of that Beit HaMikdash uh, in the way in which we live our lives. So, uh, As mentioned above, one of the central aspects of the service of the Beit HaMikdash and the Mishkan was the sacrificial offerings. This was something that was done daily in which uh, people would bring animals, they would bring uh, the uh, flowers, they they would bring uh, things that were specific to a certain type of korban, and uh, every day, The day began with a daily offering, there was a daily offering which was brought before all other sacrifices in the morning and after all sacrifices before nightfall. This offering was called the korban meat, which means a continuous offering. It happened every day, twice a day rain or shine, it didn't matter, it happened every day. Today, we, um, we instead of doing these sacrifices, this would constitute this, the shaharit prayer and the minha prayer. So today we don't do sacrifices until the Beit HaMikdash comes again with Mashiach. Meanwhile, prayer has taken the place of these sacrifices. So among the lessons that are taught by the daily offering is that god does not necessarily ask a jew to give everything of himself Uh, he's not asking us to give all our money to charity he's not asking us to not have a life and only dedicate ourselves to mitzvot he doesn't ask these things he 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 wants us to daily offer to him to daily to do something continuous that will always be there in our service to hashem but you can go and play tennis you can go and play golf you can go and have lunch with friends in a restaurant it doesn't mean that you have to be all day like a monk in a monastery praying and and, and servicing the, 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 the monastery that's not what judaism is about judaism is about making the world a world in which hashem can live in that everything you do you have hashem within you that everything you do, even if it's permissible things that are not in accordance to to the mitzvot, for example, go and play tennis, this is not a mitzvah of the Torah, but when you go and play tennis, you can uplift somebody. You see someone that is sad, you can uplift them. You can tell them a joke so they can laugh. You can say a little Devar Torah. You can say something about the Torah. You can do so many things that are, a mitzvah within the daily and mundane life. So this, this Korban that we the Tamit Korban, the daily offering, really is what this is what it represents. And it says that the daily offering cons- consisted of only one sheep and a small amount of olive oil, wine, and salt. Moreover, this was a communal offering. It was a, a, an offering that was done by everybody. It was not that someone brought it specifically. This was communal. Uh, There were funds that were raised up from the community, half a shekel from every person that everybody had to give the same. And uh, the, the, the individual would contribute to the community and uh, this would sustain this daily offering and it says that yet this minimal amount was able to bring god's blessing for everything the jewish people needed so imagine you it was such a cheap blessing you had to give half a shekel with the community and all these funds would sustain this uh korban twice a day which would bring tremendous amounts of blessing to the whole community so for god does not demand that a jew as i said before give away everything he owns Um, however what hashem demands what hashem wants from us is that whatever we give we give with our whole heart that whatever you do in your life you give your hundred percent if you're gonna be a mom be the hundred percent that you can be if you're gonna be a wife give your a hundred percent you're gonna be a friend give your a hundred percent hashem wants us the, he wants the choices the best part of ourselves if we're gonna pray give a hundred percent of yourself today in today's world it's called mindfulness uh, to live in the moment, to be mindful of what you're doing. So what is most important is not the amount that one gives, how much energy, money um, that you give, it's the quality of what you give, is that you give with your heart. And so if, if a gift is made with all one's heart, even for whatever reason, the sum is not great as the daily offering involves only a small portion from each category from the animal kingdom this this korban was given from the animal kingdom a sheep from the plant kingdom was given a, a small amount of wine and oil and from the inanimate matter which was the salt which came from the mineral kingdom was uh, was what uh, everybody had it was was part of the korban And it was given with all their heart. This half a shekel that was given to this communal offering was given with all their heart, with vitality and joy. People gave it with love, with joy, with happiness. And this really is what fulfills the intent of drawing Hashem down to this world with positivity. So the daily sacrifice, this korban tamid, this continuous offering, was brought, as I said before, twice a day in the morning, which today would constitute the Shahari prayer, and once before nightfall, which would be minha, the, the, the prayer we make before the sun comes down. And yet, it was referred to as the korban tamid, a continuous praying, a continuous offering. And what does this imply? It implies that the sacrifices brought throughout the day were influenced by the daily offering. Everything else that was given to the temple during the day was influenced by this communal offering. For that reason, it was offered before all other sacrifices. So this also teaches us an important lesson about life and about the conduct of of a Jew in his home. And as the day proceeds, When we wake up in the morning, we wake up, everything is set, the whole day set, the tone of the day set by the first thing you do in the morning. So if the first thing you do in the morning is uh, is, uh, open your eyes, look at your watch, turn around, or look at your phone, look at the news, this is what's gonna set the day for your day. This is the first thing you do. But we learn that a Jew, the first thing he does when he opens his eyes he say, Modeani thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. He acknowledges that he's awake and that he's alive and the Hashem returned his soul to his body because at night it's one sixtieth of death. We're wandering around. The soul is going to the heavenly realm to recharge. And it goes up every night and it comes down every morning. So to wake up, the first thing you do is open your eyes and say, Modeani, thank you, Hashem, really sets the tone for the day and uh and and we see that that this is this is the whole purpose of of, of, of mitzvot and torah is that it sets the tone for your life so for this reason at the very beginning of the day a person makes a total and encompassing commitment to god saying Modeani saying thank you hashem I'm thank you to the king that has returned my soul to my body and he refers to god as a king uh, implying that as, a, as, as befits a commitment made to every mortal king, he is willing to devote himself to the king, to the, to the holy king. So making this commitment at the beginning of the day has an effect on the hours that follow this individual throughout his personal affairs during the day. So remember this, the first thing you do when you open your eyes is what's gonna set the tone for your whole whole day. So they become permeated with the thanks and commitment. When a person wakes up, and the first thing he has in his head is gratitude, then the whole day, his, the, 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 the influence of this gratitude is gonna be with him the whole day. And this brings forth uh, blessings in his life so this lesson is also communicated by daily offering by the daily offering when we start the day with a sacrifice which i already explained is not really a sacrifice it's really trying to get closer to hashem uh, which in the personal sense means giving oneself over to god and the act becomes tamid it comm- it becomes continues it's something that happens every day it's not only you're not only giving thanks when there's something that you're grateful about you're giving thanks because you're a thankful grateful human being and this is the first thing you comes into your head when you wake up so it is not confined to the moment when the commitment is made but continues throughout the entire day this is with you the whole day Uh, I remember rebates and esther john grice she said one day i heard her she says if you have no reason to smile smile anyways because if you smile for no reason hashem is gonna give you a reason to smile so we could apply this to this concept that if you're grateful when you open your eyes the first thing you do when you open your eyes in the morning is you're grateful even if there's no reason to be grateful you know although there is because you're alive and you're there then the whole day hashem is gonna give you thousands of reasons to be saying thank you so bringing the daily sacrifice involves sprinkling its blood on the altar and offering its fats on the fire burnt burning there blood serves as an analogy for vitality warmth energy it's what vitalizes the the the, the body while fat serves as an analogy for satisfaction for indeed satisfaction leads to an increase in body size, so you know when they burned the, 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 the they pour the blood and the, and the fat of the animal. The blood evaporated and went up. The fat would drain down. So the implication is that the Jew's day must begin with a firm commitment to devote his energy to the altar, to holy matters, and they will be be the source of satisfaction. God will then help him carry out his resolution, and this will cause the entire day to be filled with blessings. And so the Midrash says that this korban, this korban tamid, this continuous daily sacrifice, atones, also it it was a sacrifice that was done to atone for sins, which a person committed during the day, before the sacrifice. So for God gives a person who transgresses an opportunity to rectify his conduct. Hashem is always waiting for our teshuvah. He never gives up on us. We give up on ourselves, but Hashem never, never, never gives up on us. He's always waiting for us to to, to come to terms with our behavior, with our way of thinking, our way of speaking, our way of behaving, action and he's always waiting for us to really rectify our lives. And so, a a person throughout his life will face challenges. He will face uh, particular challenges. It can be life events, it can be challenges of his personality. People struggle with personality problems like anger or laziness or all these things that are part of our personalities. And where life is a challenging place, it's not a vacation in the in the in the beach with a piña colada. So when we, but when we renew our commitment to Hashem every morning, when we bring this this korban eh, tamid, this continuous offering, what we're doing is that we're proclaiming eh, with our heart, with our whole heart, and we're grateful and we acknowledge that Hashem is our king. And which is mentioned above, eh, parallels the daily sacrifice and these atones for the earlier conduct. So when we acknowledge Hashem and we're grateful to Hashem and we uh, give try to give the best of ourselves to Hashem, then we are forgiven. So from the Alter Rebbe, the, 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 the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shneur Salman of Liadi, the author of the Tanya, the Sefer Habenoni, uh, he, he explains uh, the the process of Teshuvah, and he explains, he gives profound explanations of Teshuvah. And he says when a Jew stumbles in his divine service God forbid he should not despair or become depressed this is very important A person should not feel that he's so bad like we we have when if the whole world tells us tells us that we're incredible we have to view ourselves as as bad but we should not regard ourselves that we're bad in our own eyes this is a this uh, one is from the Talmud and the other one is from the Mishnah. And these two are paradoxes. One is telling you don't, if everybody tells you you're an incredible person, don't think, don't regard yourself that you're so great. And the other one is telling you don't look at yourself as a bad person. So this, this is, what is he saying? Either we're bad or we're not bad. But the, the reality is that we have to understand that we have uh, Yetzer Hara. We have to understand that we have an evil inclination that is always trying to take us in the wrong direction. And this is what it means. Don't view yourself in your eyes as a, as a tzaddik. Like, don't see yourself like a tzaddik. You're not a tzaddik. You have, you have temptations. You have desires that are not holy. You have to know this. But on the other hand... Don't regard yourself as evil, because this will make you fall into depression, and once a person feels so bad about himself, then it's very hard to serve Hashem with joy. And it's so important to serve Hashem with joy, because it's a mitzvah, it's a commandment, it says in the, in the, in the I think it's in the book of Devarim, it says, because you didn't serve me with joy, then all these curses came to you. So... We have to serve Hashem with joy. What does it mean to serve Hashem with joy? To serve Hashem with all our hearts, to give the best of us in everything we do for Him, everything we do in our lives. We have to give the best of us because we have to be joyful. And so it says, the Alter Rebbe says that we should not despair because we can become depressed. And on the contrary, we should strengthen His commitment, try to correct the blunder, try to correct whatever wrong we did, and compensate for it, for what he failed to accomplish, hoping that God will accept his teshuva. So we have to get up, clean ourselves, say I'm sorry, turn around and do things in our life that will take us away from that bad thing that we did and try never to do it ever again. So the expression, I thankfully acknowledge you living an eternal God that we say in the morning, modea embodies a pledge of the shuvah so the first thing you do when you open your eyes you're already asking for forgiveness and it involves the engraving in one's mind and heart of one's thanks and commitment to god a firm resolution that one's blood and fat the warmth the passion that we have and the fat which is the you know the the, the desires of the body the energy and the satisfaction that we feel should be directed towards holiness. Your, your pleasure in life should be serving Hashem. That's what it should be. If for Hashem, it's important that you have a good piece of meat on Shabbos. You should be enjoying it, not because it's delicious, not because it's juicy and tasteful and whatever. You should enjoy it because Hashem wants you to enjoy it. And so when this commitment is made, God forgives one's previous trespass, previous transgressions, and grants the person his blessings, satisfying his and his family's needs in material and spiritual matters. So I wanna wish you a blessed week. Uh, we begin this book. We should remember that the whole purpose, everything that happens to us really is designed to get us closer to God, uh, the good and the bad together. And, um, and that we should understand what Hashem wants from us and we should serve him with all our heart and with all our joy and with all our might and with all our, our love that he should help us to be able to be able to do this in our lifetime so remember live a little higher thank you